Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 142, episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness as they officially off the top. Fuck the Koch brothers. Fuck Uh, fuck Fox News. And fuck Ivanka Trump. Uh, Uh, Try something uh, new, you guys. Try something new. Hey, if like being poor is like lame, try something new. (laughs) Try something new. Honestly. Just have you on, tried something? On the anniversary, on Bastille Day, she went yeah. with that. She went I with mean, the modern American equivalent of let them eat cake. Are they not just saying, hey, y'all, we're, you're doing, you're going to do Bastille Day over here now. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, we're going to follow the roadmap. <laughs> you might as well do Day. it now while my father still has control of the army because uh. otherwise it's going to take too long <laughs> and you guys are just going to eat us. In the uh, but try something that di- the disconnectedness of uh, that class of people is just Woo. it's something else to be able to think like wow that's really chill just to say have you, as if were people are sampling poverty like mm. yeah I did the yeah. sampler did the free trial not gonna do the 499 a month now actually I'm gonna end the trial and I'm gonna try something new now. <sighs> oh Ivanka uh, anyways, it's Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. <laughs> My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Girl, who is you playing with? Pull that mask up. Go and whine, motherfucker. Better pull that mask up. Girl, don't be a fool. Better pull that mask up. I'm the podcast daddy. Better pull that mask up. Oh, that is courtesy of Crispy Meme Donut. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. First of all, I have to just let people know, this spoke directly to my 90s child hip-hop heart, but right now I'm doing the instrumental to Foxy Brown's Hot Spot. Now the LA is a hot spot, I'm Miles, I'm not at the bar, y'all, cold brew, I pops, world's not right, mask on tight, you can't cure it, home is our world, me and my girl. Okay, if you didn't fuck with Foxy Brown or the follow-up Foxy. album, China Doll, uh, actually, was China Doll her first album? Anyway, uh, shout out to Foxy Brown, I think one of the more underrated rappers. Uh, yeah. Never, always leave out of discussions when they're talking about MCs who were putting it down in the 90s. Thank you to... Uh, at Dad Hound for, I don't know what you did. If you looked in my old Columbia house, uh, buy these like 10 CDs for one cent scam I did. But that was one of the <laughs> fucking albums I got when I pulled that Columbia house scam. The firm. She was part of the firm, right? I'm ta- Oh yeah, AZ and Nas. I'm talking firm, to you, baby. Uh, what was that one song that sounded like uh, they were like sampling some uh, Sicilian Oh, mandolin? you already know. Got your phone tapped. What you oh, gonna do? So good. What's the dilly? My man's touched grounds down in Philly. Woo! Well, we <laughs> are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the mm-hmm. hilarious, the talented. She is Lacey Mosley. What's up, y'all? It's Lacey Mosley, aka I wanna be where the scammers are. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see them stealing, driving wow. around in those, what do you call, what do you call those cars with the stars in the sky? Raves. <laughs> up where they scheme, up where they steal, up where they pay a thousand dollars for a day. Oh my God. Take me to Flatbush, Lagos, Nigeria. Find me a 
Wow. Okay. I can't take credit for that. I have to give credit to Jesse Wu on Instagram. The Jesse Wu. I changed a few words, but I loved it. The so Jesse Wu. The Jesse Wu. You can take you can take credit for that vocal performance. Yeah. <laughs> If I had Man. tried some shit like that, that that would have been cringe. We would have got a lot of people unsubscribing. Dan, <laughs> clean me up. Clean me up in the auto tune, Dan. Clean you me didn't up. You need shit. Oh, I heard that through Zoom. Make me sound like Beyonce. Yeah, <laughs> vibrato. What's up, uh, what's up, podcast daddy? Okay, Jack. That AK was fire. Can you call me that now, please? Uh, I have to call you, you podcast daddy now. Yeah. It's, it's official. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, Lacey, how have you been in the past, what is it, week and a half since we last spoke? I know. Too um, long. I've been busy, which is good, but that also like, good. please stop bothering me. It's a mixture. Oh, wow. Sometimes I'm like, oh, so much to do, but then I'm also like, please stop contacting me. Mm. Uh, so busy in what sense? And oh, you are talking directly you've been going to, a lot to of me, bars. right? Yeah, because she goes to bars and concerts. Oh, yeah. You know, going to the bars, breathing <laughs> in as many people's mouths as possible. So busy. Uh, you guys got to get out there. The restaurants aren't as packed as they normally are. It's great. <laughs> well, they close now. Yo, they I was driving now. by. What's that one spot on like Melrose near Robertson that everybody goes to that's like, it looks like a club, but it's a rooftop restaurant? Um, oh, uh, Catch. Yes. There was wow. a line out that motherfucker, and I I was driving by to like pick something up, and I was like, "What is going on here?" And it was just, well, it I thought there was I thought like there was a juvenile album release party because there's no <laughs> way there would be a line that big. They're I don't dropping know if there's the new Jordans. I don't think uh-huh. there's a bigger artist in town than that. Uh, but it was just like it, the energy was way too much for pe- like for a pandemic in a city that is not doing well. Did you say it was called Catch? Yeah, yeah, Catch. It's like Catch. a sushi fusion restaurant, but it's like a nightclub, though. It's like that even when it's not COVID. Like, right. you have to wait outside. There's a bouncer. They kind of see if you're, like, hot enough to come in or if you're famous. Yeah, it was just a weird like, energy. Like, can pandemic. you imagine going to a restaurant and they're like, how many are with you? Like, it's right. not like, how many in your party? It's like, how many are with you? How many how girls? Many hey, like, what's the ratios, my man? I can't think nah. of a worse verb for a, like, COVID-era hotspot. <laughs> Catch. Transmit, <laughs> right. maybe. Uh, yeah. Cough. You can literally, yeah, COVID. You can literally catch me outside. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's tell the people what we're talking about today. Uh, We're talking to a activist musician about indigenous issues, and uh, you know those kind of came came up on the Supreme Court docket, and we got some unexpected good news. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about. going to do our white supremacy fuckery roundup. We are going to... I have a new kind of pet-ish theory uh, that's like sort of a... I'm not like full British cold gas study on it yet, but uh, mm-hmm. I heard about this and now it's all I can think <laughs> about. So I'm going to I'm gonna share it with you guys. The lead poisoning thesis. Call uh, him LP over here. LP. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, Trump retweeting Chuck Woolery. We're going to talk about Ivanka's try something new initiative, all of that, plenty more. But first Lacey, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Yes. From my search history. Um, so I've been searching, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, um, Zodiac sign, 
um, book. <laughs> um, because, like, Jay, I don't know if you guys talked about Jada and her August Alcino uh, entanglement that mm. she had. Mm. We mentioned uh, it very, very briefly. But I watched the Red Table Talk and I realized that Jada is the the woman version of future that I've always needed. Wow. And I I want to have men. I want to have Tupac write poems about me. I want to have just Will Smith and all types of men just fighting over my box. Right. Like I was like, what is Jada doing and how can I also like I want a cult of men. Yeah. <laughs> she really She is Left doing a trailer. It trail of broken hearts huh that was Wait, i could I didn't only know watch tupac a little story. bit oh, oh yeah. yeah she dated tupac and tupac was obsessed with her they, they never slept together and he was like one of the lines from his poem was like you bring me to climax with no touch and i was mm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like oh you was jerking off of your tour bus huh <laughs> <laughs> but do you tupac <laughs> right but i was like that's cute like how can i get just like several men who think i'm their wife but uh, maybe mm. i never have to be around them but they send me money i mean god to the way she i'm sorry to that man august alcina i really was <sighs> it was something else you know for him to be like Did if i died with her knowing that i loved her it would be enough and she's like i don't know what the fuck that, that would was. be enough and it was watch the red table talk it's only 12 minutes but jada looks like she just had like the best night's sleep went to the spa skin on glow and will uh-huh. is over here look like he's straight or, out the pursuit or, of happiness yeah. Yeah, yeah really like he just got like it was hit, the same guy who just came off the street but it's like one of those videos where like they gave people like fades who needed them right you know I mean? right and they're like all right now wear these clothes and now you're gonna confront your wife who uh you have an open relationship with did y'all see the video that they did on Twitter where they dubbed Will in that famous pre- uh, Fresh yes. Prince of Bel-Air scene about yes. his dad? He was like, yes. uh, <laughs> I don't need her. I don't need her. <laughs> to hell with the hell. And I was like, Will, I love Will Smith. Uh, I hate the thing. The internet. The Twitter's so rude. Yeah. But I was like, Jada, what are you doing over there? And write a book already or at least a podcast or like song answers. Yeah. I need to know. They need to give him a retrospective Academy Award for that scene, though, because that scene makes me cry every time I see it. It Same. is so good. You don't, you don't even have to have been abandoned up. by a parent. You could have just had a fight with a parent, and like, <laughs> that shit will resonate with you. Like, <laughs> but yeah, the All way right, Jada... I'm going down to my two-parent home like, why y'all don't want me, man? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I can't believe this shit. <laughs> the way Jada, though, the, the entanglement, how dismissive that was and sort of like the way the internet took that to be like the entanglement thing. It really d- was like she was saying she was reducing this love affair between her and August Alcina's like the relationship equivalent of like walking through like a cobweb at night. And you're like, oh, what the fuck was that? Ugh. All right, let's, <laughs> or like, let's keep you going, pull your iPod, <laughs> You pull your iPod headphones out and they're all tangled up. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're Oops. like, well, and then you just kind of shake them out and they get out. You're like, all right, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> pure Beautiful. boss shit yeah pure scammer yeah. language and i entanglement now a part of my lexicon oh, yeah. using mm. it all the time you know mm. what i mean like i stole your wallet like my hands were entangled no in it's your odd funds. yeah i guess yeah. i was just became entangled with your credit card information i feel like uh you know the last culturistas our sister podcast ish uh just did their top 200 moments of culture and oh, this was yeah. the first this was the first moment of culture that I felt like we were witnessing that like belonged in the top 200 as it was happening. It yeah. was uh whoo. It was a good good interview. Uh you yes. love to see. Super, 
And by the way, Red Table Talk is uh, the podcast version is currently an iHeart podcast. So you can hear the (laughs) audio version. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Check that out. We did not. But you kind of do need the video. I mean, not to take, you know, uh, dollars out the corporate coffers, but, uh, you know, you kind of do need to see the video just to see how destroyed Will Smith is as he like acts like. It, there's so Acts many like painful moments. Cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, sir, My either you're the best the actor, end. you know. Oh boy, you talking about bad marriage we for life? We ride together, we die together. Bad, bad marriage, marriage for life. She can't be stopped. Bad marriage for life. Oh man. And August Alcina, I feel like we need to. He he needs our prayers. He's, he yes. seems like he's yeah going <laughs> going through it, man. Poor uh, baby, he's been going God through it for him. a minute. Yeah. So God these, bless him. These are the casualties that happen when we the, the these celebrity trashy moments happen on uh, yeah. before our eyes. Yeah. Innocent people right. get harmed. Innocent people get entangled well, in the fray. Well, he brought it up. Yeah, right. I know. I mean, I mean that very flippantly. <laughs> like she she could not have. Not, she couldn't have not said anything at that point. Like, right. that's on him. Uh, Lacey, what is something you think is underrated? Underrated, I'm saying games on House Party. I've been playing, like, s- some of them suck, but some of them are really great. Like, there's this game called Word Racer on House Party where you just get this big circle and you just have to try to make as many words as possible with all these words. And I've been playing it for days with my friend Mamadou, and it's so fun. Um, I just, like, I'm trying to find ways to, like, interact with people that isn't just straight on Zoom, like, just, like, looking at their faces. As yeah, much. right. <laughs> it's right. funny because every time I'm on my phone that has it on there, you are... Lacey Mosley is in the house, uh, like every fucking twenty minutes. I felt like I was like, okay, it wasn't that much. In the fucking house. I wasn't in the house that much. Okay, no, but enough that it was frequent enough that I was like, am I missing something? Like, oh man, you guys should just come to my game night. It's like forty people. We're all just crowded in together. (laughs) Oh yeah, y'all play suck and blow, right? I saw y'all play suck and blow. Oh man, it's the best. <laughs> Suck and blow. Oh, shit. Yeah. I just watched Coolio album. And it both holds up and doesn't hold up at all. People should uh, check that out to see what I mean by that. Right. Because you're I mean, a virgin yeah. who can't drive. That was way <laughs> harsh, Ty. Oof. Face uh, it, share. Do that <laughs> when she said you're a 17 year old virgin. <laughs> oh. Such an insult. Way harsh, Ty. Way fucking harsh. I've talked Shouldn't about the time that. when I was 12 and went on a recruiting trip with my dad to a trailer park and all the kids made fun of me for being a virgin. That's uh Oh yeah, I remember you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that part was lit, boy. <laughs> I know, man. Uh <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Overrated, I'm going to say hiring famous predominantly white photographers to take photos of black people. Oh. Um it just keeps what happening. Mean predominantly we- white. Like somebody like, whose blood so I'm quantum talking about is... like I'm talking about Vogue. I'm talking oh, about when oh, I say oh. like I'm saying famous photographers who are white, predominantly like, white, famous photographers. Got it, got it, got it, guys. This is yeah, and I get it. It's because they're famous, and like it's a, it's an honor to be shot by you know a famous Annie photographer Leibovitz. for sure, mm-hmm. right? Annie, ooh, Annie, hang it up. <laughs> when you see black people, just turn the other way, sis. Because they're don't hard to light. They're hard to light. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what my dad would always. Cause he's a photographer. He would always be critical, looking at people's photography of black faces. He'd be like, "See, these people don't know how to light black people." 
And like mm-hmm. that Most was, it's funny because that's like one of the things like Insecure helped like pave the way for lighting, yes. like revolutionizing lighting for darker complexions. Anyway, yeah. I digress. And like TV slowly starting to catch on to that inherent bias. But photography, it's like Simone Biles' cover for Vogue. She looks like who did the body. She looks so ashy. And oh, who did the body for non-black people means like when you go to a funeral and the body in the casket don't look good and you be like, who did the body? Yeah, whose man is this? You just, you just ask <laughs> around like, who did the body? Um, so, <laughs> so she looked like who did the body? And I was like, and then you look at Viola Davis's cover, which is shot by a black queer photographer, and like she's glowing. It just came out in Vanity Fair, and she looks fantastic. And so it just makes such a difference. Like, so Melina Manzuka shot, you know, Issa Rae, and it's just like I, I get it. Like, you know, other photographers, like you can shoot everyone, but if you're gonna do it, at least like you need to be concerned with lighting. You need to be concerned with how their skin looks. And it just feels like so many times we just get thrown these scraps. Like, you're lucky that we shot you, and it's like you look like a ghost. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's the so. next yeah those are the, the steps right because the, the easy yeah. things it's like well I, okay in all those editorial meetings it's like okay we need to have more black people on our covers and we, let's do some more features on black people for the next uh, two months and then we'll right. go back to it <laughs> while and they're looking who's going to shoot us. them uh, get the crustiest white people from the 60s to shoot them you know, and I and think those that's, photographers are talented. It's I'm not taking any shade from that, but it's like if you've spent your whole career ignoring black skin, there's a chance you don't know how to shoot it. Yeah, or if you are if you are interested in uplifting as many black people simultaneously, then cut a black photographer that check. What what does right. does Annie Leibovitz need more money? I don't think so. No, she's, she's doing okay, and she's notoriously been bad at shooting black people. It's like awful. So. <laughs> So that was like my overrated. I'm like, Annie girl, go get your gun or so go she, sit down. <laughs> she did shoot that Vogue cover. I actually didn't realize that that was who shot that Vogue cover. Okay. Yes. Annie Lee. And it's, oof, it's rough. Yeah. Um, I, was like, I was like, Simone girl, you okay? I was like, you got the COVID? Why, why you look like this? So, <laughs> so yes, guys, just so you know. Uh, um, go ahead. Oh, and then I was just going to say, I've been here forever. Uh, we're moving on to myths. <laughs> and we are moving on to myths. <laughs> I've been here forever, folks. Yeah, you can run this show. I'm going to uh, go take a break. <laughs> I'm going to just uh, rest my eyes real quick. <laughs> uh, Lacey, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Or, hey, vice versa. Okay, so I went on a coronavirus COVID uh, Googling fest, and I found uh, some great COVID myths. So I'm just going to read a bunch off real quick. Coronavirus will go away in the summer. Obviously, that has not happened. (laughs) In the summer, the virus will spread due to mosquito bites. No, it won't. If you can hold your breath for 10 seconds without discomfort, you don't have COVID. Man, some people don't even have, like, cardiovascular issues. Yeah. At all. Drinking water every 15 minutes will prevent you from contracting the virus. Yep. Uh, That one's true, right? I'm I'm sure that one's true. A vaccine to cure COVID is available. At least not to us non-billionaires. It's not. Nope. You can protect yourself from COVID by swallowing or gargling with bleach. (laughs) We know that one. Acid steroids or using, hey, LA people, essential oils, salt water, ethanol, or other substances. So stop buying uh, the essential oil MLM program. It's not going to save you. But they do say crystals work, right? I heard up the butt. (laughs) Right. Crystal up the butt. Crystal suppository. Always. Yes. Oh, the hot sauce? Yeah. (laughs) Little crystal up the butt. 
Since COVID testing is uh, rare, it's still it's pretty available where we are. But if it's unavailable where you are, it says you should donate blood. The blood bank will test for it. No, they won't. <laughs> Hand dryers kill the coronavirus. No, they don't. Oof. Hand dryers? <laughs> what? Yes. Who they fucking spread germs? Who made that? <laughs> whose whose myth is that? Dyson I mean, or whatever. Of, what's the, what's the like air blade? Dyson. Is that Dyson? Yeah, Dyson. <laughs> right. He started spreading that. Presented like, by Dyson. Yeah. Presented by Dyson. I everyone. mean, he supports Brexit, <laughs> but he still fucks with science enough where he's like, it doesn't burn it off. doesn't burn it off the hands, unfortunately. Eat yeah. a lot of garlic to avoid getting the virus. It's not, the, no, it's not a vampire. It's not Dracula. It's yeah. not a vampire. Rinsing your nose with nasal saline will prevent the virus. Yo. Uh, no. Chinese food is unsafe to eat right now. Super xenophobic, not real. You're what? just missing out on delicious wontons. What are you doing? Jesus. Um, <laughs> yes. Ultra. <laughs> have you guys Wait, gotten tested? More. Yes. I've had I... tested by proxy. Test- so Her Majesty uh, has gotten tested twice, and but yeah, I'm I'm about to go get one next week. Actually, that's such a guy thing to do. That's like when you're in a relationship <laughs> with a guy. Yeah, like and you hey, go what get you got? STD. STD yeah, what you got? And they're like, Oh, oh if you good. don't got it. I don't got I'm it. Good. Okay, I'm yeah. good. Hey, this logic has not failed me. <laughs> well, maybe twice, but I will keep going. So I just no, got yeah, my now. second test in in the past week and this one man all tests are not created the same because the first one i was like man i don't see what the big deal is uh and this one was the same test it went up the nose but it was like they were itching my cerebral cortex like skull duggery it did not feel good I call that the Nefertiti. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's when they go in and they're basically yeah. about to take your brain out of yeah. your nose. Ugh. Yeah. That's Damn. the one that I had to get. Because, Jack, you were the one who, like, you had got a test and you got the results back pretty quickly and it was a swab. So I was like, let me go get my test, honey, before my birthday. I thought I was going to get the Jack O'Brien treatment, you know, the podcast daddy treatment. Right. That's not what I got. Yeah, That's I did get I in the podcast daddy line at Dodger yeah. Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, when you get there, all right, are you uh, symptoms, no <laughs> symptoms, or podcast daddy? Daddy, Zaddy, right. or mommy. Ow. Right, right. Yes, no, it rubs on your brain. And it feels like you're underwater. You know if you like go underwater and you get water up your nose yeah. and it stings for yeah. a second? Yeah, a little like burn, yeah. In your it lasts for only 15 seconds, guys. It's not too bad. But when I went, my cousin had went at 8.30 that morning because we couldn't get our test at the same time. So I had to go back afterwards. So I go in and he's like, it's a little uncomfortable. Just be prepared. So I'm like, okay. So I go in there and I got my, fit, my fist clenched and they make you stick your, neck, your head up. Mm. And then I'm like, my eyes are closed because I know it's going to be uncomfortable. So she's in there and she's rubbing on my brain, you know, see, seeing all my thoughts. Um <laughs> And then she's like, I'm going to pull it out. And so I'm standing there like bracing myself. And then my eyes close. One eye is watering. One nostril where she stuck it in is leaking. Oh. And then she, at, at some point she goes, miss, d- do you need a tissue? Are, are you okay? And I, and I opened my eyes and I was like, oh, y'all done. Oh. Oh. <laughs> right. I had just been standing there like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're making a wish. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Uh. That's amazing. Like, can you go? <laughs> can you please leave? <laughs> but the lines are are getting more and more out of control. So they uh, are, and yeah. it's a tip to you guys out there: if you're looking on your designated websites and it says that there's no test, go come back in thirty minutes. Come back in an hour because they'll add more slots and stuff. But um, if you don't come back, then you won't see it. Because yeah. that was a little trick I learned. Because I was like, damn. 
And by the way, so that people don't feel like they have to run out and get tested if they don't have symptoms. I've been tested twice in the past week because uh, I had contact with somebody who did uh, have it. So that's why I'm going out and getting tested multiple times. Um, Mm -hmm. At that party. I told you, Jack, second party is not a good idea. Yeah, 20 of the 30 people at game night are testing positive, which I don't believe it. But (laughs) How you you going to do game night and not turn the heat up to 85 and play Twister (laughs) Naked? <laughs> uh, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And we are thrilled to be joined by activist, musician, indigenous, Canadian. Uh, he is Mr. Ian Campo. How are you, sir? Anin, uh, miigwech. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm doing great. Um, yeah, things uh, things are really beautiful out here. I'm on the east coast of Canada, so it's okay. Okay. a beautiful day here. You yeah. look like you're high in the sky. Is that just a Zoom background? What are we looking it's, at there? It's just a Zoom background of okay. actually like the lake that I'm from. Oh, shit. Oh, dope. Oh, dope. Are those little islands? Yeah, those are what called the Manitous. There's like, yo, there's so many stories and things about this. And I'm learning like, I've uh, since getting off the road, I've been like on a huge like language and culture reclamation. And uh, I'm, I'm from Lake Nipissing. So like Nipissing is like just north of North Bay or it's on like where North Bay is. It's, uh, it's on Lake Nipissing and that's about like uh, four hours north of Toronto. Okay. Just for comparison. And um, yeah, these Manitous, they're like super haunted where like, yo, white people haven't lived there yet. They haven't put up cottages. They haven't done anything because of like how haunted it is. Oh, really? Wow. Like, oh, so yeah. the, end, the vibe is they're like, they know they pull up and like, mm. yeah. Yo, when I joke about it with like my elders and stuff, they're like, yeah, you don't want to go there. Like if you go, nobody, nothing's going to hurt you, but they'll scare you in a way that they'll make sure that you never go there again. Right. Wow. Wow. So, Ian, you know, like we we chat on Twitter a lot and, uh, you know, I've whether I'm gaming with your kid, like you're not realizing it or whatever, like our our paths intersect constantly. And I think with everything that's been happening in the U.S., uh, you know, and as the, you know, March for liberation or the 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 movement for true liberation in this country begins to gain momentum, you know, I feel like just in Canada as the United States, like there, this, everything is very intersectional, especially with indigenous people, because those are the, the first people who the United States fucked over. Um, and a lot of the colonizers who came to this land. And I think when we're talking about this sort of idea of like looking in our past and our history and being able to acknowledge what was here before we were still maintaining respect for that, not erasing it and being able to embrace and be as inclusive as possible, given the imbalances that there are right now, I felt like this would be, you know, this is a great time to speak because I can't, you know, you, you've done a lot of great work um, and you, you are involved in your own activism. So, you know, I think this, I've, I couldn't think of someone better to come and speak because there's a lot of, a lot of things going on uh, in the U S and it seems like the world right now. Yeah, straight up. And, and let me just share like some of the things that I've been learning and understanding and, and like also like legit, like because of, of this podcast, like I'm, I'm learning stuff and I'm hearing stuff and, and I'm able to like um, put two and two together with, uh, you know, the problems that we're facing and, and literally like how to fix it. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like right now we all seem to be figuring out the problems and looking at, you know, capitalism and white supremacy and, and, and seeing these as, as, you know, the, the basic problems of our oppression since colonization, everybody has lived under that sort of capitalism, white supremacy. The only people who have lived on this land outside of capitalism are indigenous people, mm. right? So we know how to live on this land outside of this, this sort of, dare I say, like the, the, the settler colonialism, right? So, so for example, the things that we need to change, like, you know, we see the problems, but we don't know how to fix it. Mm. Um, we need to indigenize our measurements, Okay, so for example, our measurement of wealth is based on how much we hoard and accumulate, right? Like the more stuff I have, the more money I have, the wealthier I am. Right. We have an indigenous measurement of wealth that's based on how much you can afford to give away. So the fact that I have all this stuff isn't what makes me wealthy. The fact that I can give it to you guys so that you can have some as well, that's what makes me wealthy. If I needed all this stuff and had to hoard it, then I'd be seen as like a poor person, right? As someone that, that's like, oh, this guy oh, needs lack. all that stuff. Lack. It's not yeah. abundant for that person. It's lacking, right? That's it. We had a, we had a gift economy. It was based on, on, on like how much you gave away. And like I'm reading like Jesuit accounts of meeting my people in the 1600s. And they're wow. talking about uh, uh, giving away the way that they describe it. They said that the, um, the, the riches of this land aren't found in the bowels of the earth, but uh, in the uh, perishables on the land. And even if we were to take these spoils back to France, it would have like 60,000 francs is what they'd get for it. And this is in the 1600s. And this is wow. what we were giving away in like, uh, uh, you know, beaver pelts and, and uh, deer, deer pelts and these sort of things and robes of, um, they keep mentioning like uh, beads, like beaded robes that we used to use and all these things. So um, yeah, just figuring out how we used to live, right? And right. measuring our wealth in this sort of way. So when COVID hit, I got really nervous because yo, like, because what happened to me, I had some cousins over and I think we can all agree like the day that COVID, we all took it seriously was like the day the NBA shut down. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's Where everyone's like, oh shit. Like yeah, millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Like now it was like, oh, like hundreds of millions of dollars. People are like just giving it up. Like that's when I was like, things are serious. And I had a friend over and my power went out and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. So this, this is real. Right. And that's been in my head since, but, um, you know, I, I always know that I'm okay. If the power goes out everywhere and, and grocery stores aren't a thing, I know my cousin will hunt moose and I'll have meat. I'll be okay. Mm. I'm always worried about like the people who live in the city who don't know how to live on this land. So I'm starting to like invite all my homies from the city to come out hunting and come fishing and show how to live in this good way. Cause we need to share this knowledge. This is the only way that we're able to like uh, um, get out of this whole thing, get out of capitalism, get out of white supremacy is to learn how to live on this land outside of that. Right. And there's markers everywhere. Like we're left with markers all over the U S did you know that 26 of the States are named after indigenous words? Yeah. No, nope. that's more, that's yeah. more than half. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like Texas is Mississippi's from my language. Mache ZB. Mache means great. ZB means river. So Mache ZB is how we say like the great river. But mm. it got anglicized into Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, Mich Michigan is another one. Uh, Manhattan, Massachusetts. These are all like indigenous words. And then in Canada, bro, like Canada, Ontario, Canada, Toronto, uh, Winnipeg, Saskatoon. Like there's so many and no one really recognizes um, these terms and, and even like the most like patriotic people, I bring that up often. I'm like, Oh, you're so proud to be Canadian. What does that word mean? And what language is it in? And nobody can answer. <laughs> They're like, it means 
Fucking uh, Saskatoon, man. <laughs> bacon? Bacon? That's what it means. Fuck, <laughs> bro. Not the shit. Like, but yo, like, Manhattan. Manhattan's another, like, Massachusetts. Right. Like, these are all, like, you know, and, and people don't recognize that or understand what it means. And if you do learn those words, you will understand more about the place that you're from. For example, Mississippi being the Great River, right? Right. right. And those sort what of do things. You- with the you know potential sea change or subtle sea change that's happening, I I say potential because I I I want to see all the proof first before I really believe this is all happening. But there is there are good signals that people are open to evolving their thought process. I've spoken a lot. Lacey has spoken a lot. Just from like in the last few weeks, we've had a lot of black guests on from the perspective as like black American people, what that's like. But there's also I think a very important element to this discussion of understanding the indigenous experience and how how also all people who are you know benefiting from the privilege of living on this land what they need to open their eyes to as well if we're going to have some kind of forward progress. See that's what makes this movement different than others I feel like is like when yeah. Black Lives Matter first happened um, you know, in, in Toronto, there's a big Black Lives movement, and uh, they stopped uh, the the Pride Parade. A lot of like the the queer Black people like stopped the Pride Parade, and held it there for hours until they negotiated a talk with like, you know, other. Uh, uh, I think it was the people that ran Pride and some of the police and some of the politicians. So they made and 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 they had like a docket of things that were very important that. There's no uh, compromise on these things. And one of them was indigenous issues. So like, it always seems that like when, when there's black struggle, indigenous, like the indigenous people are always thought of in it. And, and when this becomes like, this is a major, major movement that hasn't been seen for, for decades and decades like this, where we're really getting organized. And I feel like this is the time that we really need to start talking and sharing knowledge and, 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 and being able to look out for one another, right? Like the, the idea of, of, hoarding like what if what if we start growing our own food right and and growing enough food for myself and each of my neighbors and that's just how we like look out for one another it's not about like how much i have and look out for myself but we start like really looking out for one another in a real way uh start Mm. growing food on roofs start growing food like anywhere you can and make sure that like housing and food are always taken care of because like we know now that housing the houseless is cheaper than dealing with homelessness right right Mm -hmm. so if we're not if we're not pushing our politicians to start housing the houseless then and and pointing out that they have like they're not being uh, fiscally responsible if they're not doing this sort of thing um we can start recognizing that it was never about saving money it was about holding power over people right and and we just need to start talking about this more and then like you know okay so if we're growing a lot of our food then that'll take a lot of the financial burden off of us and we'll be eating better you know right. what I mean? There's, this, is, this is the first time in human history that we rely all of our food on corporations, right? Like we, we don't grow any of our food and that's only since like post-World War II, right? Like even people in cities would grow like tomatoes and, and, and spinach right. and stuff like in their, in their right. yards. But it's, this is the first time where we buy all of our food from corporations. So there's a lot, yeah. of, there's a lot of things that we need to figure out. I, feel I like think that makes sense too. Yeah, like as we get more, just by virtue of buying food that's grown elsewhere, we lose this natural connection to the, the earth that we live on. And it makes it, it it's becomes more abstract and obscure. So the abuse of it is more obscure and abstract to people because we don't, we don't interact as much on that level, I think, than you know, prior mm. civilizations and people. 
I feel like we've taken this version, like you, you're so right that a lot of the things that we take for granted as just being part of our reality are not are not constants throughout history. A lot of the history that we base our assumptions on is complete bullshit and fabrications. And like we've taken this sort of artificial version of of consumerism and materialism to its logical extreme and we're destroying <laughs> destroying the planet for uh you know not just generations down the line but like the generation after us like one generation on is going to be completely fucked um yeah. mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. there you know a lot of the things you're talking about are are things that I think when I was a little bit younger would have thought of as being like too pie in the sky but I re- I really think that like we're at a at a moment when like the these are things that are within reach that we need to start thinking about and figuring out like concrete steps towards you know making those sort of broad changes yeah I mean mm-hmm. COVID showed us that the hamster wheel that we've been on can stop and we will survive I think a lot of us thought like going to work every day and doing all these activities that we were doing were because it's the norm for us is like the only way to survive but this hasn't always been it we've just been brainwashed I think a lot of the issues with America is the fact that they've done a real number on all of us in, in terms of our thinking in terms of our knowledge in terms of how we frame the world it starts in school we're educated at a very young age into the patriarchy into white supremacy, into capitalism. And and it's hard to break those chains once you've become an adult and that's the way that you've lived. And then you you know you have to pay your bills. You have to, you know, deal with your family. You have to do other things. So you're constantly distracted. So you don't feel like you have the time, space, or energy to implement significant change. And now it's like we're all looking at each other and it's time. Right. Mm. Well yeah, when you can when you're so like busy consuming, like you right. you're actually just you're losing skills that most human beings should just have in general. Like as a living organism, mm. intelligent enough, you should be able to survive without a store around. Not in the sense of like, <laughs> this is some survivalist shit, but like there's the basic skills, like they're available to you. Like to, you know, I, I the, the point that you made about growing food really resonated with me because it's almost yeah. like in this, you're sort of indoctrinated with this idea is like, you want to be so rich, you don't got to do shit. <laughs> that's right. what it is you don't gotta Feed do shit me. you don't you gotta wipe your own all ass. that shit that's how balling you are you don't have to do a fucking thing you don't have to breathe motherfucker because you're so fucking rich bro that's Intubate the fucking way me. that's how you want to live boy <laughs> give me that michael jackson too. was going into comas he was so rich he went into comas every that's, night to go to sleep this motherfucker and, wild, and i'm sure bro. there are people like damn i can't wait till i can go to comas every night is that bad he on a ventilator nah bro he just don't want to breathe no more. He don't want to use his lungs anymore like that. Like, but and because of that, in that pursuit, it's which is interesting is that in that pursuit to be so rich that you don't have to do anything, you you lose all your time that you can to actually learn how to do all those things. Because if you learned how to do those things, then you wouldn't be chasing buying those things on a, mm. on a certain level, right? So, yeah, like with yeah. food, is a great example of like, well, I got I got to go to the store. I got to do this, da, 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 da. but. The thing I've learned so much is like, God, I could really, especially in California, I really look at times I'm like, I could put a flower bed here, like a like a garden bed. Why the fuck aren't I blowing this out? But I'm like realizing to your point, Lacey, I have these I have these impulses, these like this habit of, of like of behavior, which is 
oh, you go to the store to feed yourself. Like rather than right. like, it's possible to actually feed yourself like with your own hands and using sunlight and some seeds. And now those things are seen as quirky. It's like if you have a garden, it's like you put it on Instagram. Right. Or if you if you oh. knit your own sweater, it's like, oh my God, she knitted her own sweater. It's She's like, ridiculous. We should, <laughs> we should probably know how to make something. Like people are like, I made a sourdough starter. Ooh, putting yeah. it on Twitter. She's yeah, just but it's cottage like, why don't core. We... Yeah, cottage core. <laughs> All about that homespun. Yeah. No, the downfall of the human species, I believe, is the forcing of indigenous people to compete pair our resources to currency right right? like we know our real the the true value of our resources and it's not money right like an apple isn't worth a dollar 25 an apple is worth if i eat it i'll live until tomorrow but we're Mm. we're we're, we've been commodified right like the 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 game of comparing everything to currency is a game not meant for people of color to win right it was a game that was invented by white people to obtain white supremacy that's why capitalism is so it's a it's a tool of white supremacy right and vice versa Right. Uh, uh, white supremacy in North America was legislated. Right. Mm-hmm. People of African descent didn't enforce uh, or, or enslave themselves. Uh, uh, we got the, the uh, Japanese internment camps, Chinese uh, uh, head tax, uh, trail of tears. Right. Like the, the, the idea of white supremacy was legislated, mm-hmm. which to me means that we could unlegislate it. Right. If we're going to even work this way, if we're even going to participate in this colonial ideology, we could say, nah, we're good. Yo, I'm hanging out with my community over here and we're growing our own food and I'm making sure Miles' house is taken care of. He's making sure my kids are fed and we're good. My job now is to grow some weed and make sure that we're all happy, right? right? Like that could be our job. That's how we lived at one point. But it was this this idea of, of forcing everybody. So like with indigenous people, they had to um, remove our instruction manual, which is our language, right? Like they, they'd show up and thought we were like mystical, magical people because they'd have a cut on their arm and we pull a leaf and put it on their arm. Like, whoa, that healed it in a day. You were magic. It's like, no, we the use the- was that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we're like, no, we just use the how to heal your arm plant. Like that's what it's yeah. called in our language. We've been observing all of this for tens of thousands of years and we know how all of this works right but they're like whoa that was magic it's like no we just have knowledge that you don't right, right. so there's so much knowledge and history and and like this language this Nishna Bemowin that I'm that I'm learning right now bro it's like tens of thousands of years old and like if you could imagine if we had access to an elder who who understood ancient Aramaic and the the nuances and, and how that that language worked and put together in their thought process like there would be this wealth of knowledge that we 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 uh uh you know, celebrate all over the world. But I have that. They meet on my reserve on Wednesdays for language class, but nobody seems to care because mm-hmm. this language is our instruction manual where we could just go in the bush and be happy, right? Because we know what roots to heal, what food is good, what has vitamin C because our language does that. But you can't make money off of people who, who could just go in the bush and be happy. So they like violently beat this language out of us and take us, put us in, in residential schools. I think down there they're called board, like Indian boarding schools mm-hmm. and uh, teach us capitalism, teach us uh, uh, English and math and, and that way to live. And uh, so that they can capitalize off of the body and the labor, but also the land that they were attached to, right? This is all like a, a very well planned out uh, meticulous yeah. web that uh, that was cast out here. We just need to recognize and, and start pulling it apart like you guys are on this podcast. Their, their entire untranslated languages that people just aren't bothering to 
like translate that, that might contain you know just pe- like that that's such a huge blind spot in american academia and uh yeah just just the education the miseducation of american schools uh teaching the the very cursory uh loose uh account that they give to indigenous people is uh, a tragedy because it writ like the there's just so much uh that's interesting and that would have like lit my mind on fire when i was eight years old uh about that that i had to wait until i i was done with my education to learn about in books like 1491 and mm-hmm. there's a huge appetite like i i wrote an uh, an article at crack that was the most popular thing i ever wrote it was basically just a, a book report on a couple of books about the truth about uh, indigenous civilizations in the United States and how advanced they were and how populous the country was before uh, European settlers came. And yeah. it was so popular and the response was overwhelming from people who were just like, I, I had no idea that the, there were all these, there's just so many fascinating uh, ideas that have been, yeah, beaten out of the culture, uh, you know, written out of the culture because, you know, the the current system is doing whatever it needs to to survive, which involves, you know, not letting us find out and learn that there's these other more interesting directions to take things. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. by acknowledging the existence of prior civilizations, then you would logically have to be like, wait, so then what happened? Why aren't they here? And why are we here? Oh, that was ugly and brutal. And uh, okay. Like, you know, it just helps avoid those conversations. But I think that's why everyone needs to take the time to like really educate themselves and, and take the second to think of the things we've learned and what, how that's affecting the world around us and if it's positive or not. And look at things that might be positive. Look at things that are negative and recognize them for what they are. So, Ian, we really appreciate you coming on uh, to you know drop some knowledge on us. Yeah, we got to have you back. Where are you uh, reading about the Jesuit accounts of their first contact with your people? Super They're dope to like read the European, the European like first contacts, like where yeah. they're just like. These people are huh. so dope. They're so much better looking than us. They're so they're so healthy. Their <laughs> system of life is better. Uh, like everything is better. Uh, the only thing that wasn't was that they weren't living with like with pig shit their whole lives, and so they didn't have the immunity to all these horrifying diseases that Europeans have been living <laughs> with on top of each other for all that time. Yeah. The um, problem with reading those Jesuit diaries is you can literally like read them like twisting their mustache on how they're gonna like colonize <laughs> us. Right. They're like, okay, oh, right. these these savages like salt, so I'm gonna use salt on the next like Jesus sermon that I use Christ. or whatever. And you're like, ooh, yeah. yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for, for yeah, letting thank me share you this for knowledge. coming, man. Thank this you. was great talking to you. We have it's to amazing. have you back. Let everybody know where they can find you and check out some of your work and you know your your thoughts and ideas. 
Yeah, uh, at DJ Indian on uh, most platforms, but I just started a talk show called uh, Homies Chatting with a very prominent uh, Indigenous writer here in Canada. He actually had like the number one book for months and months. It just dropped a third. Uh, his name is Jesse Thistle. Shout out Jesse Thistle. Uh, and another, uh, we have a news thing from an Indigenous perspective, Homies Chatting Sunday edition uh, with a prominent news uh, journalist, Tanya Talaga, who's also an award-winning author. And we're, um, you know, spinning the 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 news with an indigenous perspective dope dope we'll definitely at, check that at out homies chatting on all of those yeah thank you so awesome man great having you all right guys we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to run through a couple stories real quick and we're back and uh, let's do a little white supremacy fuckery roundup. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have an update from one of the uh, one of the cops who didn't turn off their body cam while they were talking about uh, murdering uh, people of color in the street, like how they just were itching to do it. This is one of the people who didn't call for uh, outright blood in the streets. Okay. Uh, which is very interesting because the the people who got a lot of the attention were the most violent um, officers. But this other officer, uh, Gilmore, was also fired uh, because he said when they were like, according to this internal investigation, he said he was only concerned. He was concerned, quote, with kneeling down with the black folks. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then went on. He said that he was he watched a video on social media showing white people bowing down on their knees and quote worshiping blacks end quote and then uh -huh. his next quote is quote how many times uh, have i told you it's almost like they think they're their own god uh-huh then okay. i saw a video fine looking white girl and this punk little pretty boy bowing down and kissing their toes so uh -huh. he was fired for that uh still yeah. just very odd disturbing racist language yeah. uh and then so he, but this man is now insisting he should be reinstated uh, because my honor, uh, religious beliefs. So what he said is he claimed that because his comments were religious in nature, uh, because he said, I began to discuss a matter of which I hold strong religious beliefs, parenthetical Christian. <laughs> that <laughs> this is from his this is from his letter. Uh that being uh that being worship of the Lord. The Holy Bible teaches that no one should bow down before another human being or idol mm. and worship them. That's why yeah. I was saying that's why they shouldn't be worshiping black folks. Uh, and I was also agreeing with the guy who was also saying violent stuff. But, you know, uh, I rest right. my case. But it was more. He's really trying to scam. Who, yeah. It was his objection to bowing to anything. To, yeah. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. I buy that. Let's give this guy a gun and let him legally murder people. Yeah, uh, yeah for like sure. Well. Put him in a black neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I want a guy whose concept of good and evil involves the devil. And I want him to have a gun and drive around and be able to clap anything or anyone. That's just Jesus, like, man. even that, you're like, mm, that's not actually a good thing. The, the entire thing, he says, my entire conversation was based upon personal beliefs that I expressed to another officer based on my religious beliefs. I did mm. not make any comments based upon racist ideology. And my comments were directed towards the Black Lives Matters movement which has cost officers their lives, threatened officers with death, threatened to kill other officers' family members to include their children. This movement includes members of all races and is not solely comprised of black members of society. And then goes on to this really, really just, he digs the hole even deeper. But yes, because religion, um, not racism. Wow. He went and found all this language that he didn't have while he was talking on this body cam. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Wow, yeah. if you felt this strongly, like why didn't we hear this on the body cam? Because mm-hmm. what you said mm-hmm. on the body cam just sound like racism. Yeah. Like, I'm pro life. Like, I'm also pro life. I'm also pro life, even though kill them in the streets, but I'm pro life too. Yeah. Also, like, how dare you talk about Black Lives Matter and talk about police lives being threatened? Like, bruh. But that's that's it, the whole basis of Black Lives Matter. Is I know, that y'all but he tried. Us. He tried with his Kroger brand Sorry. scam, and it didn't work. Tried it. Mm. He tried. tried you yeah, really tried, and you hate to even see someone try with such a weak ass excuse. Just you know, accept it. You are living in an. If uh, I guess finally society caught up where you can't talk like that anymore, at least for now, and then maybe you'll find employment at another department. And you know, right, he doesn't even believe this one. Like, this is just no. so transparently. It's like shit. having a writer's room. Right. Like, you went in there and being that. like, okay, guys, uh, try and spin this. Like, the guy, this guy said the bowing to the feet. I don't know. What, what, what would he, what would be the wackiest way he defends himself from this racism? You would okay, say, I got a pitch. Uh huh. Go ahead, Kow Tow. So they were cow towing because that's a form of bowing, right? Okay. So yep. we say that he's vegetarian and that's why he don't fuck with the cow towel. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Yeah, okay. you feel me? You feel me? You feel okay, me? but we okay, need something more than dietary restrictions. Like we need something broader. Okay, we need something okay. broader. It has right, to be like right, sexual right. orientation or like religious beliefs or something. Religious. Like that. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like. I like that because he could say that he had a religious belief that Black Lives Matter is worshiping at the altar of Black Lives. Oh, I think the first version be like. <laughs> The religious belief that black period that white people are the superior race, <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 that doesn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. It has to be no, a little no, more no, nuanced than that. Okay, okay, okay. I got that. I got okay, that. I got sorry, that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, no. He, that he just get, it seems like he Jesus went and got his white. masters in racism. Like yeah. that's what this reads like. That so that's like, that's yeah. what's going. on. That's the state of these. Again, you know, it, it's the a lot of the these white supremacists see that the shot clock is running out. So yeah. trying to get it all in as much as you can now, it's but it's very disheartening to see the volume of these kinds of things. Yeah, the uh, I li- I liked the guy who threw the red paint on the Black Lives Matter mural out in front of Trump Plaza, but it was like watercolor or something because like it was just they it just, just like white they just like squeegeed it off and it was gone. Uh, just like it was more of a nuisance than right. vandalism. Yeah. Like for and real, it was like ugh, tiny. give me a napkin. He thought he was gonna cover <laughs> it up, and it was just like a little dash at the bottom of one of the letters, and they're right. just like, okay, get the. Fuck or he's just like, but he's also like kind of one of those racists who like doesn't have the same energy. So he's like, well, I can't use the, the other paint. Will get me in serious trouble. At least this paint, <laughs> right. it makes a yeah. statement. And they actually can't really do anything. So, ha, huh, like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care that much, but like, I'm going like, like, to, I'm not going to go to jail over it. he went to the store and got a bunch of Crayolas. Yeah. yeah like melted them down. Set. Yep. And just splashed yeah. it and ran. Uh, what is it? Uh, you know, like hero. those water, <laughs> those watercolor palettes. I just pulled out like the dry part and put I, it in I a bucket of water <laughs> and used my blender. And I turned that into big watercolor paint. Elsewhere in white supremacy, the Trump family. Uh, Donald Trump retweeted a tweet from Chuck Woolery uh, because that's the version of reality what? we live in. From the uh, Love Connection, wasn't that? Yeah, his show? he's a he's a white supremacist, big Trump supporter, and he tweeted that the CDC is exaggerating this rise yeah. in coronavirus to hurt the Trump administration and to. Yep. Heard his re-election campaign, and Trump retweeted it, uh, forcing the CDC to be like, 
seriously, man. Like, Imagine what is this? if you thought everything, like genuinely thought that everything was about you. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is like if I show up to the race for the cure and I'm like, who thank y'all, y'all racing for? Oh, I didn't <laughs> like, thank them. What about me? I appreciate me? y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is for me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, sir? Nobody's out here trying to die for your presidential well, this is campaign. Why, yeah. It's just. They don't have they don't have really anything else. They, it, People are dying. Can, He's like, why y'all dying trying to make me look bad yeah. with y'all death? Fuck, fuck is Stop wrong that with y'all. Dying. Yeah. Fuck that dying shit off. Like, but we're and that's what's also morbid is like we're here trying to like we have healthcare workers who you know there's a very large concern that people are going to turn their back on this form of employment after this because it's, it's so harrowing. We're close to losing I think a thousand healthcare workers because of the pandemic. And it's like one of those things the president can't even look at that and say like, yo, those are those are people like fighting for this country and right. we need to protect them or we need to also signal to people getting in this industry that you will we will take you as seriously as the people we send to go steal oil halfway across the world. You know, like, like there's this I like my healthcare workers who don't get sick. Uh, those are the like ones you know they know what they're ones. up to. Yeah. yeah, I know. And that's what's really, really dark about all this too is there could that there's also a group of people who are so invested in maintaining their you know op, the optics of racial superiority in this country that it's they're willing to i don't know find a way to argue that this massive amount of death isn't real and it's actually just like the result of like haters that's mm. such a fucking dark reality i mean that's just that's where we are Yo, some guy in Michigan stabbed somebody for trying to get him to wear a mask. Wear a mask, right? The dude was like 70 or so, yeah. or 80, right? The old man got stabbed. Yeah, old man got stabbed, and then uh, the cops had to chase the guy down and shoot him because uh, he went after the cops with a knife, uh, all because he was mad that they asked him to wear a mask. So, a mask. Um, went to jail and over a mask. And then finally, uh, Ivanka... Is out here with, I mean, at least somebody in this family is, you know, bringing out some new ideas. You know, where where's the where's the fresh thinking? So basically, her response is, I I think there's this thought among conservatives and white liberals also that part of the problem is that unemployment uh, benefits are too good, and so nobody wants to go out and get a new job. That so. Now that uh, the coronavirus wrecked the economy, nobody wants to go out and get a new job because the unemployment benefits are are too good. So like now, you know, people are just going to sit at home. Uh, And so Ivanka uh, stepped in, a hero, and said, guys, try something new. If if you lost your job, just try something new. Try a different Uh career Um, on Bastille Day. Uh, on the day that uh, she said, "Let them eat cake." Yes, cake that looks like a chicken cutlet. Yes, oh, boy, they. <laughs> I mean, they, this. Whoo! Cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. very. But this is that out of touch. But this so is the culture. This is the culture of people in power in this country. They, I've not heard a a single word, uh, from most of these people. I would say ninety nine percent of people on the right. Uh, that actually have any kind of like consideration for like the humanity of it all. Uh, She's got a job because her dad is president. 
Like she literally has a job because her dad. Yeah, well, it's not like she went to Wharton. It's not like she went to Wharton because her dad went there. So right, yeah. Try a new angle. Yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah, my dad (laughs) did go here, but that's not why I went. Yeah. I also independently believed it was a school that my I could get into without doing anything. So. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Oh, dude, this is what are they gonna do? Like what? The clock is ticking. Like the only way I feel like they even know this from a strategic standpoint is. Making shit darker isn't going to bring more people out or maybe in the way that they think. Like if they're going to try and get more people to soften up to the idea of voting, reelecting him, then you would need to see some bit of compassion because it seems like despite uh, what your party alignment or allegiances are, there are a lot of people looking at this situation like this has we're not handling this properly at all. I think they think if they drive people back to work and into the streets that they can get the capitalism machine going again. Because then once everybody's busy, once everybody is out and socializing, then maybe Trump's America won't seem so bad to the racists who are questioning it. Because everybody else knows this shit has been shit. But to racist white folks who are like, we're voting for white supremacy, if they're now struggling and below, you know, even further below the poverty line than they already were, and they have nothing to do but look at the news and how their president is handling shit, then they can't be distracted by the fact that he's terrible. If you're a white person in America, to a certain extent, when Trump was first elected, you could ignore everything that he was doing because it largely wasn't affecting you. Right. And now it's affecting everyone. So I think they're like, we got to get people back to work. We got to get them distracted. They got to they're watching too much news. It's like we were saying yesterday, like if they if these people were actually good with their money, they would have looked at the the lowest cost version of getting through the pandemic to get their businesses going again rather than just like this reactionary thing of like don't stop believing please (laughs) and now it's like just getting us in all kinds of shit where now we're gonna have to back our teachers um and like our neighbors like we need there's so many other things like the opening of schools is just like so cynical that it's just you'd you can't, you almost, like, it's hard for you to believe that people are going to fuck around with the lives of children. Like, really, right. though. I mean, I mean, they already did with the way they don't actually tackle a lot of the mass shooting problems that happen in schools. But right. even, like, with the math Betsy DeVos was doing, some people did, like, the calculations based on, like, you know, like, it could just be this small number. It was still dwarf, like, it was blowing out any numbers that have happened with school shootings in, like, the history of this country. Mm. <sighs> I just, yeah. I'm waiting on people to realize that the government doesn't care about them. Like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Right. I'm not sure. It's actually quite insane. So, I mean, we'll see shit. Ivanka, what what should I try? What she say I should try? Try something, something new. new. Try something new. Yeah. She didn't even have no suggestions. <laughs> she didn't have something. any jobs. Working. Why don't you try it? Making mm-hmm. money. Why don't you You're try that? You're a terrible guidance counselor, Ivanka. I know. I, just go, I go to the guidance counselor. I'm like, so what should I do? She's like, I don't know, girl. It's something new. I mean, essentially, <laughs> okay, like the, 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 if she is the guidance counselor, the student that comes in, which is working America, going, hey, man, I'm all kinds of fucked up. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, I just see no way out of this. There's barely any hope coming out of the White House. Uh, and I'm really failing to grasp onto something that could sustain me in a, an actual tangible way. Hmm. Well, have you thought about finding something new? Yeah, <laughs> I have a pamphlet I just for something you? new. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a pamphlet for something new. No, uh, it's God. it's like one of those pieces never of eight mind, by Ms. ten paper folded up. Never mind, Miss Trump. Never mind. <laughs> just just go smoke weed by the fucking tr- the, what are those the, what are those transportables? Oh, can oh, I hit portables? that? Portables, yeah. portables, portable classrooms. 
Yeah, that's when you knew. Like, well, I remember after the earthquake, half my school became portables because half the buildings were so fucked up. Yeah, like our parking lot became our new school. Shout out to nineteen ninety coming. Yeah, again. Uh, all right, guys, Lacey, it's been wonderful as always having you on the show. Yes, Uh, love being here. Where can people find you, follow you, enjoy you? If you guys want something new. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you want to try something new? If you want to try something new, uh, Scam Goddess uh, on all platforms. That's my podcast about scams. And then if you want to find me, I'm at D I B A L A C I, Diva Lacey on all platforms. Mm. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Okay, here. I'm just going to um, share my own tweet. There you go. <laughs> Please. Uh, I just said, the fact that y'all really think black people are goofy enough to vote for Kanye West is upsetting me and my home, girls. I mean, he got 2% in that poll. He got 2%? That's way more than I expected. That's a lot. A lot of stupidity. But hey, you know, when you got the backing of Chance and Terry Crews, I mean, the the triumvirate of power has been completed. And someone said on this tweet, Danielle Perez, she said, if you can't vote in your best interest, where the hell can you vote? (laughs) 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 Shout out to Danny. Uh, Miles, where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Gray, and also my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. You know, we're talking about 90 Day Fiance, getting high, you know, doing that thing. Uh, Some tweets that I like. Uh, first one, or actually the only one is from at Orb Goddess. <laughs> she says, white guys be like, you're so fucking hot, babe. That's <laughs> 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 so stupid. It's funny how like Twitter reduces old comedy bits down to like, that used to be like the genre of like white people do this. You know, like <laughs> black, like, oh, come here, girl. I want to do this. And then it's like, and white people are like, you're so fucking hot. But I just like now <laughs> we're so just reducing hot, it down to babe. you're so fucking hot, babe. But it's F-U-C-K-E-N. <laughs> you're so I lo- fucking I love hot, that- babe. <laughs> I love you both know the accent of it too. It's like, yeah, you're so fucking, fucking hot, babe. <laughs> it's because you gotta you gotta chew on that F. You're so fucking yeah. hot, babe. Fucking hot, babe. Ooh, but it's so been making you feel good when a white man say that to you. Oh, like, you're so okay, fucking hot, you. babe. You know they mean it. You know they mean it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh. At Isaiah Lester tweeted, my weed man can finally afford an iPhone. I did that. Uh, and James at Hey Buddy Comic tweeted, Depressed People's favorite Netflix category is Watch Again. Uh, oh. <laughs> that gets at a very specific shit. type of depression I that I often suffer from. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, regress- regressing into the time loop of, yeah. of <laughs> nothing will change. It's my favorite my genre. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what's that going to be today? Uh, This is a track from Yasmin Lacey, and it's called Marie. Uh, She is an East London singer. And I don't know, the vibe of this track just feels like, you know, like like 2020 Erica Badu, uh, because her voice is really, like, you know there's power in it, but she's, like, holding it back. 
uh, which mm. is like one of my favorite kinds of singing when like you know you're like uh oh don't don't unleash the whole thing on him now uh, and the production is really cool with some nice like bubbling electronic piano so electric piano so check it out Jasmine Lacey it's like a it's like a Lacey Mosley AKA you know mm-hmm. just yeah. holding it back <laughs> and then suddenly well today she she, she let him know she yeah. could have been in Hamilton she did let him know uh, Daniel, edit that. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Okay.